Hey, Lefko here, and it's been a little while since we've had an episode out, so um, sorry about the delay there, but here's a new one. Uh, this one, I wanted to talk about PC gaming, which is something I haven't talked about a whole lot on here. Uh, we've dabbled in it a little bit. We'll fact, the Sonic CD episode, which, ironically, I played on a PC starting out, but I haven't uh, really talked about a dedicated PC game to this point, and that's going to change with this episode when we check out Unreal Tournament, and we'll discuss this game after the cut. So let's talk about some Unreal Tournament and about PC gaming in general. So um, in 1998, I got in what I would consider my first modern computer. I had a few computers that were definitely like very old by the time I got a hold of them, like a Tandy TRS-80 in the 90s, which it was an antique at that time period. But it taught me the basics of navigation and how to type and the idea of swapping disks and whatnot. But um, I was in high school and I finally got my uh, hands on a uh, gateway. And uh, this thing, um, it was decent for the day. Uh, however, it was not a gaming PC at first. Uh, 366 megahertz processor, 32 megabytes of RAM. I believe it had like a 4 or 8 gigabyte hard drive. I can't remember. I want to say 4 gig. But um, I, I was uh, told at the time, instead of to put more in a PC to get all the accessories, like a scanner and a printer and whatnot. So I had a complete setup. Great for schoolwork and everything. Not so hot for gaming. But uh, during roughly the next year or so, I believe it was 99 and uh, 2000, whenever Unreal Tournament and Quake 3 released. And Quake 3 did not play good with my PC at first, but Unreal Tournament did. And that's the game I gravitated to at the time. And this was really my first really big first-person shooter for me. I know a lot of people grew up with Doom, and I've actually got an early experience with Doom on the Sega 32X of all things. Probably one of the worst openings for uh, Doom as far as uh, learning how to play it and everything, but that's my uh, first copy of Doom. It was on the 32X. 
But going back to Unreal Tournament, uh, it uh, its software renderer just played a lot smoother on the PC I had at the time, and uh, Quake 3 did not. Now, eventually, I did get a graphics card in this PC, and uh, both games looked a lot better. Uh, it was a uh, 3DFX Voodoo 3. I miss 3DFX graphics cards. They were, like, the big name for the time. And honestly, they were the big name for a long time, to the point to where when they went under, for me, they were still the big name. And when they went under, I actually bought a uh, Voodoo 5. But uh, going back to uh, this time period, I got a, a Voodoo 3. It was a PCI card, not an AGP card, for uh, those old people out there that remember PCI and AGP. Uh, now, if you're younger listening to this, you're thinking, well, aren't you talking about PCI Express? No. You had PCI and then you had AGP, which I think stood for Accelerated Graphics Port, or maybe Protocol or something. But... Um, if your motherboard had an AGP slot, that was like more or less your video card slot. Unlike today, where PCI Express is more or less your graphics card slot, because everything is on board now. But uh, back then, not everything was on board. Like, your sound card would be an actual sound card. It wouldn't just be another chip on your motherboard. Um, your printer might be through an expansion card. But anyway... I uh, actually, between Quake 3 and Unreal Tournament, I ended up preferring Unreal Tournament just for the secondary weapons fire ability in the game. Uh, Quake 3 didn't really have a secondary... Or, secondary... <laughs> I can English. Uh, so Quake 3 didn't have a secondary weapons fire, but Unreal Tournament did. Each weapon had a secondary firing mode. And uh, it really opened up the versatility of the weapons. So instead of 9 or 10 guns, you really had... 20 because each gun was two and one like you had the flak cannon which was like the game shotgun more or less but the shotgun had a secondary fire that like almost turned it into a grenade launcher uh, i remember like there's this biogel gun that uh fired off these little like green blobs but you could charge it up and fire a huge one that would, uh, like, explode on contact. It was really wild. There was a uh, rocket launcher that could fire one rocket at a time, or you could supercharge it to fire a spread of, I want to say, uh, five or six rockets all at once in this huge spread. Uh, even the, the games like Nuke Weapon, the Redeemer, uh, had two fire modes. You could fire a forget, or you could fire it and enter into, like, a first-person guided mode where you could guide the rocket to its target. And when that thing went off... Um, a huge explosion on the screen. Like, if you're in its blast radius, you were done. And it was pretty easy to be in its blast radius. It was huge. But um, another thing I remember this game for is it was one of the first games I played online. And uh, I had just 56k dial-up internet back then, but it was playable on 56k dial-up. Which blows my mind today whenever you have modern games that really struggle on high-speed internet, and then you have, you know, these old humble shooters like Unreal Championship, or Unreal Tournament, wrong game, and Quake 3, which uh, you could have dial-up internet and have a very playable experience. Now, you didn't have the voice chat, but um, 
Yeah, it was still a very, very playable experience. It could be because most of us were on dial-up, so you just kind of got used to the what lag was there. But I still think maybe these games were just coded better. But um, I ended up grabbing this game, like, from a Walmart. Uh, big box. Uh, man, I remember back in the day, uh, you could actually go into a Walmart, and they would have half an aisle or so of big box PC games. And you could just go in there and browse the huge boxes and, you know, all the artwork and check out the games in there. And it was a really cool experience for the time. It's something that's missing today. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love digital storefronts like Steam where you can just peruse thousands of games. But I mean, there's something really cool about being able to go into a Walmart and just, you know, browse through the boxes, flip them over and check out the back. And I had remembered years later, I had repurchased the game because there was a, like a Game of the Year edition for Unreal Tournament. And this one didn't come in the big box. It came in like a jewel case just sold by itself. And uh, I remember in their uh, game section for PCs on the uh, side, there's like a small rack that had all the jewel cases. But I think the Game of the Year edition was actually cheaper than the standard edition we ever got. Because I think I had to pay 40 for the normal version. Then the Game of the Year edition was like 20 and came with like a bunch of extra skins and maps and whatnot. But uh, my favorite map was probably called Facing Worlds. And it's more or less a floating asteroid with two towers on each end and then just like a uh, runway in between. Uh, think of something like a Blood Gulch from Halo, except a lot tighter. But uh, that map was a blast. Like, you could just camp out and snipe from one of the towers. You could find the Redeemer and fire and forget and just watch the chaos. But um, that map was awesome for Capture the Flag matches. And uh, honestly, it's one that me and my online friends would uh, gravitate to whenever we played this game. But um, I wanted to discuss Unreal Tournament because uh, it's gone away. You can't really buy it anymore. Um, Epic has pulled it from the Steam Marketplace and from their own Epic Store, and they discontinued support for it. And I think it's a real shame because this was my introduction to the Unreal franchise, and uh, for a while, Epic really pushed Unreal. And then they stopped. They did like a beta for a new Unreal Tournament. And then they just never went, did anything with it, and then they stuck with Fortnite, and that's where we're at today. And I think it's a real shame that uh, they can't maybe simultaneously develop a new Unreal Tournament, something a bit more faster and grittier, alongside Fortnite. I, I, I'm not saying that Fortnite's a bad game by any means, but I think it's a shame that the success of Fortnite has uh, more or less killed off Unreal Tournament. Um, the only real ways to be able to get a hold of it now is, of course, the piracy. Um, if you find a physical disc copy and have fun getting that to run under uh, modern versions of Windows, it's possible, but it's a slog. <laughs> uh, it was ported to, I believe, the Dreamcast and the PlayStation 2. Uh, big, big downgrades in graphics compared to the PC version, but you can still play it that way. But uh, again, it's one of those games where I hope the series makes a comeback, and I hope that maybe they uh, bring back the old versions. I think they uh, said that they're going to re-release Unreal Tournament 3, or 2003, as a uh, free-to-play game that they were going to support. But at the same time, uh, 
I, I think it's a bummer that they've pulled the entire franchise in the market. But that's just me being nostalgic for an awesome game series. I highly recommend you go check out. Uh, that's going to be it for this episode of Afterglow. Enjoy the outro music track from Unreal Tournament. Till next time. <laughs>